Hey everybody, I'm Clay Skipper, and you are listening to Farewell, a Growth Equation podcast. And this is the first episode of an idea we are trying called the Coach Up. So each week you will get a lengthier episode, like last week's interview with Courtney DeWalter, which hopefully you've listened to, or a roundtable with myself, Steve, and Brad. And you'll also be getting this, a Coach Up, which will be a shorter episode and will be more dialed in on a specific idea and more focused on nuts and bolts application. So this is sort of the applied science arm of the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about goals. Obviously, we're eight days into 2024, and this is a time of year when people are thinking about new energy, thinking about goal setting. Maybe you had a New Year's resolution and you haven't been able to stick to it, which is fine. That happens to most people. Or maybe you never set a New Year's resolution, but now you're thinking about what goals you want to take into the year. We want to be here to help you for that. Now, a lot of people have ideas about how to set the right goals. You know, if you've listened to the growth equation, that we don't really believe in there being right answers to things. There are evidence-based techniques that help, but what's going to work for one person may not work for another. What works for you may not work for me. What works for me may not work for somebody else. So it's always case by case. And so what I want to do today, instead of tell you how to set goals, is give you three different perspectives from three different people on ways to think through goal setting. So the hope is that this will paint a sort of mosaic of goal setting that you can use um, and different questions to ask yourself as you go about setting goals. So you're going to hear today from the Growth Equation's two co-founders, Brad Stahlberg and Steve Magnus, as well as Katie Milkman, a behavioral scientist at Wharton who's something of an expert in behavior change. And what they're going to be talking you or coaching you through is how to think about whether to set an open goal or a specific goal, whether to set a big goal or a small goal, a subtle but powerful mindset shift that will help you stick to your goals when it gets hard, because it will get hard, and when you should abandon your goals entirely. So I want to start with one of Growth Equation's two fearless leaders, Steve Magnus. Obviously, Steve has achieved a lot of incredible things in his life, so he has set his own goals and achieved them. But he also, as a longtime running coach, has helped a lot of athletes and a lot of students think through how to set their goals as well. So here's how he thinks about it. Goals are complex. This is why, you know, setting goals doesn't always work because there's, unfortunately, there's nuance here. So a couple of different things. The way I like to think of it is, is it open versus specific? So do we have the specific, I want to, you know, run X time in Y marathon? That can be great for some things. Other times you want it more open. I want to, you know, a process oriented. I want to take on this challenge or what have you. I want to enjoy, you know, challenging myself in this run. Well, here's what the research says on open versus specific. If we are trying to come through in the clutch, meaning we are facing something that is high pressure, where there's going to be stress, specific works better because it keeps dragging us back to what is important. If we are taking on something where we want to experience more of like what I'd call that flow nature, where I just want to be in the zone, I want to be in the moment, specific goals backfire. Instead, you want it more open-ended. You want it more process-oriented. Okay, So that's number one, open versus specific. Other things that matter with goal setting as well that I think are important is people ask, well, do I set big goals or, um, or small goals? 
Well, well, here's the, here's the thing. Goals set your comparison point. So are you the type of person who gets motivated by the big comparison point? Meaning this is my dream. I want to uh, accomplish this crazy thing. Or if you set that big goal, does it just become the reminder that you are nowhere close to achieving that thing? You'll hear all these people say, dream big, set big goals, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. That works for some people. Great. But it horribly backfires for others. And the reason the psychology research is pretty simple on this, and it says goals generally work based on like comparing the motivation behind the goal pursuit versus kind of the motivation or the energy behind the goal disengagement. We have this battle going on. So if that big goal has a lot of energy, but, you know, propping up the pursuit it's saying, hey, it motivates me. It makes me feel energized. It makes me want to tackle this. Great. But if that big goal is that reminder that, you know, you're not making progress, um, then it's going to have more on that disengagement side. So I would say figure out where you kind of are. And the ultimate answer on this is you need to combine both. Like here, I like to try, turn to video games as the answer. Because like, what do video games do really well? They have a pretty big goal, like conquer this game, like beat the game, which, you know, depending on the game will take dozens of hours. But they also have a lot of really small goals split into levels or checkpoints or save points or whatever have you along the way. So it combines both in a way that makes you feel like you're uh, you're making progress. Another way I've heard Steve refer to that video game idea is to give your big goals scaffolding. Give yourself some checkpoints along the way, some smaller goals along the way to that bigger goal. And that segues nicely into Brad, who has a very different but equally useful metaphor for thinking through how to set goals. Think of goals akin to the peaks of mountains. And it's really important that you want to spend time climbing the mountain. The majority of time is not on the peak. It's not when you accomplish the goal. The majority of the time is on the climb. It's striving for the goal. So the way that I like to think about goals is really, are these mountains that I want to climb? Do these mountains align with my core values? How do I actually want to spend my time? What capabilities and capacities do I want to grow? What am I most curious about? And then let me find some peaks that will allow me to pursue those things during the process of striving for the goal. And so give me a concrete example. So a concrete example is um, a deadlift goal. This one hits close to home. This is a goal I have for next year. So I'd like to pull... 550 pounds by the end of next year. For me, that would be a lot. Now, that's a big round number, bright and shiny object, and it'll feel great if I hit it. And if I don't, I'll be a little bit disappointed. But what that means for me day in and day out is that I'm going to be on a process of training to make my deadlift stronger, to develop more strength, to develop more power, being in the gym at least three, if not four, sometimes five days a week. Uh, continuing to work on the actual craft of weightlifting, that is where I'm going to find, hopefully, meaning, joy, interest, curiosity, fulfillment. And whether or not I hit the 550 pounds 
won't matter because at the end of the year, I'll have learned all this stuff along the way. For me, it's less about the number and more about, well, how am I going to be spending six to eight hours a week working toward it? What am I going to learn along the way? Okay, so there are some opening ideas on how to think through setting your goals. And maybe you've decided what mountain you want to climb and whether it's an open or specific goal, whether it's big or small. And time now to actually set out and do it. And you may think the hard part is done. But this is an important step because when it comes to goals and achieving them, confidence, mindset, expectations all play a huge role. And I want to bring in Katie Milkman here, who is, if you remember, a behavioral scientist at Wharton, because there's one phenomenon in particular that is likely to knock your goals off track. It has definitely knocked my goals off track. But until I read Katie's book, How to Change, I didn't know that in the behavioral science world, there was a name for it. It's called the what the hell effect. And here is Katie explaining it. So the what the hell effect is just the, I give up on myself after a small goal failure. And the classic example is when somebody has a healthy eating goal for the day, they come into the office, somebody's brought donuts for everyone because maybe it's their birthday or maybe it's just a nice gesture. You eat the donut and what the hell, I guess my goals for healthy eating are out the window. I guess I'll have, you know, four slices of pizza and French fries for lunch and an apple pie for dinner because what the hell, I already ate the donut. So that's that's the what the hell effect is like once a small goal failure arises, you sort of throw the whole thing out the window and go crazy um, in, the, in the wrong direction. I don't know about you guys, but that is one phenomenon or behavior I know well. And I think it's important to hear Katie give name to it because it speaks to one of the problems that we often have when it comes to goal setting, which is that we set our expectation too high or we're not quite self-aware enough. We expect ourselves to be more perfect than we will be. And then when we fall short, we get discouraged and we give up, which is why something of like 80 to 90% of people give up on their New Year's resolutions. Luckily, as you hear Katie explain in just a second here, a small adjustment in our expectations can actually have outsized benefits. So, Marissa Sharif, who's a colleague of mine at Wharton, has done some fantastic work showing that if we build a little slack into our ambitious goals, we get two powerful behavioral science insights working for us. First of all, we know from decades of goal research that stretch goals are better than wimpy goals because if if you give yourself an easy goal, you don't achieve much. But the challenge with stretch goals is that it's more likely you'll have a misstep and then you could fall victim to this what the hell effect. So the solution in her work is, well, what if we have those stretch goals? Say, I want to I run seven days a week, but we give ourselves a, a small fixed number of what she calls emergency reserves. Say, two days off uh, if I need them. In an emergency, I get up to two emergencies. So I'm going to try to run seven days this week. That's my goal. But say I miss a day, instead of saying, what the hell, I'm never going to get to seven days a week, might as well not run anymore this week. You can say, wait, that was one of my emergencies, and I'm going to keep trying for seven um, that, you know, I'm not off track yet. What she's shown is, rather than just striving for, say, five days of exercise a week, which is literally the same as seven days a week with two emergencies, or um, trying for seven days a week and not cutting yourself any slack, you get dramatically better results and performance when you go seven but give yourself those two emergencies or, you know, you can call them get-out-of-jail-free cards or mulligans, whatever language you prefer. 
basically a little slack. So think about where can you give yourself a tough goal, but a little bit of slack, not slack that you're necessarily going to take, right? But it's slack that you take in a pinch and call it even. So there's an important lesson as you set out to achieve your goals in 2024. Give yourself some slack. Behavior change is hard. Inertia is powerful. We need to not expect ourselves to shoot 100%. Real quick aside, that what the hell effect, I think it's a useful framing to know and to have even outside the context of behavior change because I've used that a lot in my own life to keep just everyday small failures from cascading into huge setbacks. So I'll give you two examples. One is if I can't get an hour-long workout or if I can't batch my emails, I like to do emails in like 45-minute batches. In the past, if I couldn't do an hour-long workout or I didn't have 45 minutes to do my emails, I might say, what the hell, I'm not going to do either today. And now that I know about the what the hell effect and I have that in my mind, I say, okay, wait, stop, don't say what the hell. Instead of not doing anything, just do something. So maybe you can't get an hour-long workout, but can you get twenty a 20-minute jog in because you only have 20 minutes or a quick circuit? Okay, you can't do 45 minutes of emails, but can you do five or 10 between meetings? So that's a way in which the what the hell effect I think is actually super useful outside of this goal-setting framework. Okay, but now you've thought through how to set a goal. You know to give yourself some slack. How do you know when to abandon your goals entirely? I'm going to bring Brad back in to answer that one. If it's making you miserable, if you realize that you're on the side of the mountain and you don't want to be there, and it's not that you don't want to be there for a day or two, because every big mountain climb expedition has lows where you want to be anywhere but on the side of the mountain, but you keep showing up and you get through those rough patches. But if it's day in, day out, week in, week out, and you're like, what am I doing here? Well, then, yeah. You got to abort the climb because continuing to go for it is reckless in that situation. It takes a lot of confidence to abandon that peak, but that's the right thing to do. So what does this mean in life? Well, you set a goal to run a sub 240 marathon, uh, but you get COVID and then you tear your proximal hamstring. It's probably not the right goal anymore. And I think that that is akin to the weather changing on the mountain. Um, right? The mountain in this metaphor is the goal. And then the weather is the stuff that's happening in your life. And at the start of a climb, you assume there's going to be some inclement weather, but like you don't think it's going to be a monsoon every day. But if it is a monsoon every day, well, then you get off the mountain because it's not the right time to climb it. And I think that that's true of the goals that we set as well. I like that weather metaphor a lot. Uh, Steve How he would describe this is he would say, give up on your goals when they become an anchor rather than a motivator. And he actually has a specific example from his own life that he shared with me when I asked him about this. When I was a high schooler, I remember I set a goal to run, I think, a 356 mile. I was very ambitious. And uh, this was when I was actually a freshman in high school. So I was very ambitious. And I put like 356 or something on my wall. And it was front and center on my wall for whoever friends would come over and see it. I'd see it every night. And for a long time, it motivated me. (laughs) I dreamed of it. I said, I can get to this, blah, blah, blah. But then as I got closer to four minutes and took a bunch of shots and came up, you know, just shy and make and whatever have you, it became this anchor that kind of weighed on me where I'd look at that and be like, "Mm, haven't gotten that yet. It's becoming more difficult. I don't know if you're going to get there, Steve. 
And I think at that moment, what I should have done is like rip that thing off the wall. I didn't. And I should have shifted my goal to more of a process oriented goal. Right. And I think that's kind of the takeaway on this goal thing is that there is no perfect goal. It's what fuels you in this moment. And you have to have the awareness to flexibly shift um, in order to, to, you know, make things uh, work over the long haul. Okay, so there you have it, a mini masterclass on goals. I hope that gives you some questions to think through or a checklist to run through as you are considering what goals you want to achieve. One way I like to think about concluding these episodes is by saying, what would I put on an index card if I was trying to summarize all of what I heard? So what I would write on an index card for this episode, the first thing would be, what is a goal that I can set out to achieve that aligns with my core values in such a way that even if I don't achieve it, I will still enjoy the process of getting there. It's Brad's very useful metaphor of, of a mountain. What mountain would I like to climb for some views, even if I never get to the view at the summit? Then the second thing is, do I want an open goal or a specific goal? An open goal is going to be better if you want to just have an experience, enjoy the process, get into flow. A specific goal is going to be better for maybe something particularly performance related, where you're going to have to perform in a high pressure environment and do something in the clutch. Ask yourself, do I want a big goal or do I want a small goal? What's going to motivate me? Is the big goal going to get me charged up or is it going to discourage me? And if you do get discouraged, then if you still want to go after a big goal, build in some small steps along the way. Treat it like a video game where you have to work through certain levels to get to the big boss. Then once you set up, do your goal. Remember the what the hell effect. Just because you have a small setback, you suffer an acute failure. That doesn't mean you aren't progressing towards long-term success. You just have to give yourself some slack, some emergency reserves, some mulligans, some get-out-of-jail-free cards. And then abandon your goal. If every day you've had many days of waking up, and as Brad says, you're stuck in this monsoon on the side of the mountain, then maybe it's time to let go of the goal. So consider that your goal checklist for 2024, or whenever you might be listening to this and setting goals. And I apologize because I did say these coach ups would be 10 to 15 minutes and this one's a little bit longer, but I wanted to give something robust for the first one. So thank you to Katie Milkman, especially we have a longer interview with her coming in the next few weeks or months. So make sure you subscribe and you will get that. If you want to hear more from Katie, you can find her uh, at Katie underscore Milkman on Twitter. So it's K-A-T-Y underscore M-I-L-K-M-A-N on Twitter, or you can read her book, How to Change. Thank you to Brad and Steve, of course. Thanks to you guys for listening. And thank you to the other members of the Growth Equation family, Chris Douglas, Nate Meckler, and John Summerford. We'll be back on Thursday with our first roundtable of 2024. So please subscribe if you haven't already. That way you won't miss it. Please review the show. Please share the show. We're trying to get the word out. We're trying to grow this. And the more you guys share it, the more listeners we can get in the door and reach more people. That's all for now. I'm Clay Skipper. Hope you have a great day. And until I talk to you next, as always, farewell. Farewell.